Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's trip to Reading uh, are Mr. Tom Wallian. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, good. Had a good week? Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah? Yeah. Charlton still haven't conceded against Brentford, amazingly. Not as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so excellent stuff. And joining the pair of us here in SU7 is Lewis Cat. How you doing, Luke? Yeah, good, mate. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. How's your week been? Have you, have you been, uh, has it been a backs-to-the-wall week? It has a bit, yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah. yeah. just a tad recovering. From Putting your body on the line, weekend. sort of job, yeah, yeah, it's just, definitely. You, it's sort of, uh, you just can't help but be inspired by that Charlton side, can you? Yeah, exactly. On tonight's show, uh, we'll be hearing from uh, manager Lee Bowyer. He's got a few things to tell us about. Of course, he was linked with uh, a job away from the club. He'll talk about that link to the job at Huddersfield. Uh, he'll talk about. Uh, don't worry about it. He's not going anywhere. Uh, he'll talk, talk <laughs> about the potential of uh, an incoming right back in uh, Adam Matthews. Uh, he also talks about the situation at Berry uh, and compares it to the ownership situation here at Charlton. So you can hear what he says about that. Uh, later on in the show, we're also going to hear from Charlton Athletic Women's Team Captain Grace Coombs, who's looking ahead to the, the rest of the campaign. Johnny Williams, uh, the Addicts midfielder, who's already got four assists so far uh, this season. He tells us uh, how delighted he is with the spirit uh, in the group that Bayer has built here at the Valley. And then as we start to turn our attention to Saturday's trip to the Mad Stad to take on the Royals, uh, we'll hear from Jonathan Lowe, who writes for GetReading.com, uh, and then once more from Lee Bowyer who will uh, talk about the team news and that sort of stuff ahead of the game as the Addicts look to stretch their incredible start uh, to this season. So first of all um, there was some worry in the ranks uh, of of Charlton supporters this week uh, as uh, out of nowhere really uh, Lee Bowyer uh, became the odds-on favourite to become the jo- the uh, the manager at Huddersfield Town. Now, that was a bit of a weird one. Uh, Lee Bayer spoke about that in his press conference today. Uh, it says he was surprised as anyone else to hear the fact that his name was linked with that job. I heard about it because everyone, as soon as something happens and everyone just starts panicking. But, again, I'll say just because odds have been slashed and all of a sudden then I'm leaving, it's crazy for But, understand where people are coming from and, and saying these things but for me it's no different to, to in the last season like there was interest in the last season but it's just people recognising what a good job we're doing here um, so it's, it's nice to be noticed um, like I said I'm, we're doing a good job here and, uh, and, and we're happy here so we'll just keep working hard and trying to win games that's, that's my job and improve the players individually and, and as a team so is that something obviously because players are often said that they do get sidetracked by the papers and they do read these sort of things is that something you bring up with them you sort of calm it down to ignore it or oh, yeah I just I'll, we've got a meeting this morning I'll just say Look, ignore it it's, it's a lot of rubbish I've not even heard anything so <laughs> um, 
yeah, but that's that doesn't interfere with them. That doesn't affect them in any way whatsoever, because they're out there. They're going to go out there and they're going to train today, just like they do every day. And, and then we're preparing for Saturday. Nothing has changed. Like nothing, nothing at all. Believe it or not. Well, that's a relief then. Uh, nothing really, nothing really doing there. Um, I guess whilst Lee Bayer is only ever on what seems to be like a one-year almost rolling contract, a one-year contract, um, there's always going to be fear amongst the Cholton fans that something like this could happen at some point, I guess. Yeah, and with what he's doing at our club as well, that's obviously getting more and more traction, particularly now we're a, a division up where you get a little bit more publicity. You know, he's got a very good record with Charlton, so it's a very easy link to make, particularly for, for the press. They know the discontent in terms of the ownership and, and the struggles that we've had to go through as a club. So then when a manager's out of work, you go, right, well, he's got a good record. He's got a very short contract where he's at. He's not really been given enough money in terms of transfers. And the owner has a track record for firing managers at the drop of a hat. So it's an easy way to link them in. Um, usually when odds drop like that it's because someone's had a tip off and then you get a few people lump on although as we said before the show it doesn't take a huge amount of money to swing those odds but once a ball starts rolling and people start jumping on the back of other people it, it tends to just be speculation but it's a shame Bowyer's even had to answer it it's good he's just come out and, and calmed everything down I, I didn't expect that there was going to be anything in it because he's building something good here and for me I think he wants to see that through as long as he can so um, yeah good news for us for sure I mean, we, we know that people have been odds-on to be manager here before who have ended up not being. That, that is the case, and that, that appears to be what we've seen happen here. But is it, with Bowyer's stock probably quite high, I mean, how, how, how can you see it going when it comes towards the end of the season? If we've had another successful year in the Championship, but perhaps we're still in the same situation with the ownership, whereby, you know, we will talk about the Berry situation, all right, we're afloat, of course, but, you know, comparatively to, to, to some of the better owners in, in the Football League, um, you know, the, the, there's still some shortcomings there. Do you think do you think Bowyer could be tempted at some point? Because, you know, it, it, he's built something very special here, of course, but... The whole while he's, his, his contract runs out at the end of the season, that there may well be bigger clubs sniffing around him. Yeah, definitely. And it, it seems like he's really settled here and he's happy doing what he's doing. And I think he's just he just seems quite relaxed, doesn't he? He just he just seems that he's overly happy being the Charlton manager. I think that's yeah. There's always going to be clubs knocking around for him, like Tom said. There, his stock is so high at the moment because it's so well documented how well we're doing. You know, we, we're unbeaten in the championship and our opening opening month and it's it's looking good and we're playing good attractive football and he's always going to attract people because one he's he's, an, an, he's not inexperienced if you like but he's a younger manager he's not that expensive his track record and and his stock is growing day by day and clubs do chop and change a lot now and there are big clubs in this division that will, would be silly to over overlook Bowie yeah? so I think we're always going to be a, a little bit vulnerable um all the while that his contract seems to be this one year rolling nonsense that that Roland seems to put in all the time but we're all, we're sort of leaving ourselves open to having him taken away but then I do also feel that from Bowyer's point of view he's quite happy here and maybe he would be more inclined to stay rather than move I mean, on so, someone like B, Lee Bowyer is obviously I mean for starters he's a winner so and winning in football is getting to the very top so as a manager if that's with Charlton taking him all the way to the Premier or if it's getting a, a, a job at a bigger club you know you, he wouldn't have the ambition to do that at some point but you do mm. get the impression that he's quite happy learning the ropes here and, and, and building 
uh, on what he's doing, which is which is obviously good for us. Now, um, part of the uh, uh, the building he's been doing here, of course, is being putting together a squad. But there's still one sort of gap really where we haven't got to in every position. That's the right back position. We've had Deji Oshilaja filling in uh, ever since Chris Holly got his concussion. Of course, Anthony Dick still uh, left, but he's also been looking at a, a couple as well. We've been training with the club, so we knew that Tyrone Mo- Tyrone Mears was with the club, uh, and then a new name emerged today in Adam Matthews. So Bayer was asked about those during the press conference, uh, and this is what he had to say. Um, yeah, so Tyrone, um, he, he's he's gone there, and, and Adam still here. Um, we like I said, we played the game on, on Tuesday, and, and he done well in that as well. So uh, I'm not going to jump too far ahead, but we're, we're happy with with his progress. Obviously, he hadn't done nothing through pre-season. So, um, again, I'm not going to be too harsh on, on judging him, but what I've seen so far has is, is, is been promising and, and he's doing well. So there you go, uh, Adam Matthews then. Um, looks like an option. So Tyrone Mears is, is gone now. So, I mean, he was the, the, the slightly older one we were talking about. I mean, Adam Matthews, 27, I think he is. So... You know, an option. Obviously, we're, we're, we're short in that position. He's someone who's played around in, in the championship a bit, I think, for Sunderland. Uh, it was with Sunderland last year. got released at the end of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Bayer's not going to rush this decision and he's, he's going to take his time to make sure that if it is a body that will improve the squad, you don't get someone in just for the sake of it. You get someone in if he can improve the squad. Yeah, and that's exactly what he said a few weeks ago. I think we said on the show a few weeks ago, he's not going to rush into anything. Yes, Solly's out, possibly for another week. I know... He said today that Deji's going to be out for another week at least. But that doesn't mean you rush into signing someone. Look how well George did the other day. Uh, and it's you know not his natural position. I'm sure he's not going to want to fill in there uh, for another week. But if he has to, that's exactly what he'll do because he's charting through and through and just being on that pitch for him is, is a dream come true, I'm sure, every time he plays. So, yeah, but, but back to Matthews. I was checking and he did play against us in the first game of the season last year for Sunderland, but then not the return leg or the playoff final. I don't to be honest, really remember him from that first game. But as you said just then, a huge amount of experience, uh, time at Cardiff and Sunderland, and then a long period with Celtic in the middle. So I know Scottish football isn't isn't the best, but to play for 100 odd caps at a big club like that, again, you've got to be a pretty decent player. So it's good that Bowie is having a look at him with Tyrone uh, obviously going. It uh, just reiterates what we said. He's not going to rush into anything. He's going to take a look. And if it's not the right person, he'll say, thanks very much, but no thanks. So... Yeah, as always, trust in Boya. I'm sure he'll get the right decision. And when Deji and, and Chris Solly are back, I imagine that they will be likely, or Solly, I would imagine, will play the majority of games once he's fully fit. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, how the the, the, the squad that Boya's built, he, he he has always made sure it's the right person rather than the, the, the person who's here right now, Lewis, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And it's like the old the old pedigree that Alan Kirbishley used to have where you'd sign... Charlton players. It was like it's so hard to describe it, but the way to describe it is that they are a Charlton athletic player. You know, the likes. Well, there will of, be once we signed yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but like Josh Cullen, I, I see as a good example yeah. that he's a low knee, but last season impressed so much, and then that sort of the desire for us to push so hard in the summer to get him to come back here. He's come back, and he's just kicked on like he's been here all summer. And the commitment levels of people like him and people like George Lapsley, as Tom mentioned, there people that really play for the badge and. Just proper Charlton players that give give their all. That's all Levi ever asks. Every game is to is to give their all. They don't, you know, their heads never drop. They just like their their energy levels and and their work rate is just phenomenal. And that's the, that's the work rate of a proper Charlton player. And that that's the market he'll be in there for. 
like Tom said, I, I haven't seen a huge amount of, of uh, Matthews either. So it'd be interesting to see if he does come in. Um, but like I say, experience, it's, it's a position we're probably a little bit light on because Deji's not natural there, although he's, he's played really well when he has come in. So, but you're not going to turn your nose up at, at bodies. But as Tom said, it has to be the right person to come in. Mm, excellent stuff. Right. Um. Obviously, away from SC7 this week, there's you know some some dreadfully sad news in the, in the form of Berry Football Club, um, going uh, or being expelled from the league, uh, this week. Um, Bolton have survived, which is which is good news for them, and we're glad we, that got sorted. But Berry uh, are the unlucky ones who haven't. Now, of course, the ownership situation there was. You know, extremely difficult to to comprehend. It, it was complicated. They run out of money. They overspend in years gone by, uh, and and you've seen a club that that has you know got got what unfortunately can come to you if if that's how it happens. And you know, the fans are devastated. We're devastated for them as well. It's a great club. We've been there recently. It's hard to imagine that a club we've seen as play as as recently as a couple of years ago um uh, is is gone under but it's really sad but of course you know Lee Bay was asked about that it was it was an interesting question he was asked today uh in in the press day and I'll play I'll play the the answer for you now so so the the journalist is talking about you know looking at how that is and the fact that Charlton are a club who themselves have had their ownership issues and and, and issues off the pitch that we that we know about uh but Bay was asked him if the grass isn't always greener on the other side with the fans calling uh for a new owner and this is what he said yeah, and, and I've said that. I've said that on a few occasions. Um, we've got a, a, an owner, love him or hate him, he pays the bills every week. Um, he pays the players, he pays the staff, he, he, all the other bills that, that come with the football club. He's backed us in the summer and we've got a, a healthy squad. So, for me, he's doing what an owner should do. So, okay, we would maybe want the budget to be a bit higher and to, to have a real go. And, but it is what it is. The, the, the man's trying to sell the football club and, and I respect what he's given us as a budget. I knew the, the, the situation, but he's, he's done everything that an owner should be doing. So I don't know what more people want. He's, he's done the right thing and he's doing the right thing so but yeah, other clubs ain't that lucky and, and Barry's one of them and, and it is sad you know um, you know, all these, these fans that, that's their life they go to work every day to earn their money to turn up on a Saturday and support their team and at the moment that's not look like it's, it's going to be happening much longer so there we go, uh, Lee Bowyer, on the situation at Bury and, and the comparative situation here at Charlton. So of course we know over the the course of the la- the last few years there's been protests uh, against the owner. I think you know they're, they're still disquiet for certain. It's not quite as much in, in, in the forefront at the moment, um, and and we've seen crowds sort of starting to come back a, a little bit this this year as well. Um, Bowyer talks about the owner paying the bills, which I guess is absolutely the minimum you expect. But obviously, I mean, those staff who missed out on their staff bonuses, I dare say, will feel like they've been... Not, not that, that isn't fully the case. Although, obviously, Duchatelet, um said himself that he, he thought he, he wasn't... He, he, he didn't have to pay those. So that, that's one discussion, uh, of course. But... Um, it's a tough one, really, because obviously, if you're going to compare the ownership situation to a club that's just gone under, then of course you're gonna you're gonna look good. But the 
do is is doing the very minimum and then i mean there's the you think about the crazy stuff that's gone on the last few years i mean it's great that that's calmed down a little bit but i guess there, there probably are still better owners in the football league than Roland de Chatelet. yeah it's very difficult to make any sort of rational comment on this given what's happened to Berry, because what's happening at our club or what's happened in our club over the years the last few years pales into complete insignificance compared to what Berry have gone through Having said that, just because we haven't gone into liquidation and no longer exist doesn't mean that what's happening at us is is not a bad situation. Uh, you know, you're comparing our owner to probably any footballers, uh, football fans' worst nightmare. So compared to that, of course, it's not that bad. Of course, we've got a, an owner who pays the bills. Of course, we still get to come here every weekend on a Saturday. But you know, some people choose not to do that, and that's purely because of the owner. If we skip past the fact yes we still have a football club and yes he keeps the lights on everything else you would have to say our ownership is still not in a good place Boya hasn't really been back financially yes he's got some players in but you have to put a lot of that down to their extensive scouting their careful selection and probably a a large amount down to Boya as a character people like Johnny Williams prepared to take huge pay cuts Boya's got him through the door but he still had to take that pay cut and the reason he's had to do that is because of Roland Duchatelet the reason the crowd are still down is because of Roland Duchatelet. The reason we are not able to compete with these other other teams is because of Roland Duchatelet. So he's still got a lot to answer for. Is it anywhere near as bad as what Berry have had to go through or even what Bolton are still going through now? Absolutely not. And I would never try and compare the two things. But like I say, just because we're not in that situation does not mean Roland is suddenly a good owner. We still want him gone. He still needs to sell, in my opinion. But for the moment, Boyer and, and Jacko and the players that they have put together seem to be carrying us through. And certainly on the pitch, things have improved this season and you couldn't argue with that. But there's a long way to go before I would be calling Roland a good owner. Mm, yeah, I mean, we think about the amount of money that the club is in debt to Roland currently. I mean, that. I mean, at the moment, that's not a problem. And, and you, the only way it can presumably become a problem is if he tries to sell. And he, and he, I mean, the situation we're in now, yeah. he tries yeah. to sell and he's not accepting a, a bid for the club because it doesn't pay back a lot of his losses or something like that. So it's a weird situation. There's also, of course, the fact that there is still you know, some irrational things that happen. We saw the situation with the Bowyer contract in the summer. Um, we, we saw the fact that we do have the lowest budget in, in the championship. It, it's certainly not... It will keep us above water for sure, but it, it's, it's trying to find that balance between keeping yourselves above water and having a little bit of ambition as well it's, it's a bit of a it's, it's a tough one isn't it it is yeah and I mean you, you look at it from the outside and we were literally landslide favourites to get relegated this season not based on the fact that we were a promoted side but for the fact that we had no squad at the start of that summer window we were also staring you know at articles saying that Lee Bayer had failed to agree a contract extension and then it turns out that that's Something that Roland had put out, and Lee Bowyer knew nothing about it. You know, I think we're to make a to make a comparison uh, to the Bolton and Berry situation against ours. It's hard to it's hard to do that because, like Tom said, you can't you can never think of the unimaginable of losing your football club. That's that's absolutely awful. But you also can't compare one decent transfer window to years upon years of of you know un, un, you know unexper- inexperienced caretaker managers that are in place for for longer than they should be or silly player recruitment and and wages that put us in financial you know financial despair that we now owe Roland de Chatelet and it's taken years upon years of of patience and people like Lee Bowyer and and even Carl Robinson really to come in and and offload those players and and try and start again 
under what are really difficult circumstances. And I think that maybe our situation off the pitch is overshadowed by just how well we're doing on the pitch. Mm. So to to compare the two is is difficult. We're still in a dire situation because Roland de Chatelet wants to sell this club. And if we want to have a serious go, you know, we're doing well at the moment. We'll see how we get on if we lose a couple of games. We've got the squad there, which is great. But it's still we're still in that position where we can't compete financially with, with anybody and, in the we, and we still don't know what the end game is yeah, yeah exactly yeah. As, as long as Roland hasn't sold the club then he's still here and there's still that danger of that irrational thinking that eventually I mean no one knows what's going to happen and that mm. I guess is the is the slightly worrying thing right let's have a quick break here on Charlton uh, live um, we'll be back in 30 seconds as we uh, get ready to soon to gear up to, to look ahead to the game with Reading Break for Vettikali again in the air. Cross ball to Taylor! It's 3 1! And Charlton are running away with it here in the valley! Charlton Live. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live. This is the big match preview, looking ahead to the game. Uh, we've read in later on in the show, we're still going to hear from uh, Johnny Williams and from Grace Coombs uh, as well as we uh, as we look ahead to to that game and to the rest of the women's team uh, season uh, as well. A couple of uh, people have got involved with the show. Adam Biggs uh, is saying that he's looking forward uh, to seeing Charlton hopefully get three points uh, on the table. He says he wants, uh, he wants him to make me cry again like they did at Wembley. Well, <laughs> I did cry at Wembley, so if they can make me that happy again, I'll be, I'll be uh, delighted. Uh, Adam, uh, he says uh, he says he hopes that Charlton will get up into the Premier League uh, and beat West Ham as well. Well, that would be excellent if they do. Uh, and on the forum, um, uh, Objective CFC has got involved. Says looking ahead, uh, looking for another Forest level performance at the Reading game. Uh, keep saying that we have. Um, uh, battled all of our victories this season used a different word there uh, but but really feel facing up to our relegation rivals on Saturday could be trickier however uh, five with big Morrow at the back he says it's going to be a 2-2 so yeah we'll be looking ahead even more to that game uh, later on in the show of course um, this game is our final game before we go to the international break uh, and Lee Bayer was asked if he felt that that break has come at the right time uh, for Charlton with the injuries drying up or does it have the run the risk of breaking a little bit of that momentum um, obviously, rather keep going when you're winning, uh, but it's not a bad time. I think after pre-season, everyone's worked hard, and and then you you get the start of the games, first six games. Then it ain't a bad time to to regroup, uh, evaluate what's going on, what's positive, what's negative, from what we've done so far. So. Um, yeah, it's not, and then the lads can maybe have a couple of days to to be with their families because it has been hectic the first what, what, 12 weeks or whatever we've been back working so yeah it's it's not a bad thing How about yourself because obviously it doesn't seem like you've stopped working through the summer with the transfer window obviously the late finish of last season and straight into the new season is it a chance for yourself to take a few days off in the way? Yeah yeah um, I'll, I'll try and have a break I think it's, it's healthy. Um, I've never been so tired in my life. It's, it's been crazy, especially with the window. I was here till like 11, 12 o'clock Sundays. So, uh, yeah. It's, and again, just watching game after game after game the, the, the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody needs a little, a, a little break and um, come back, batteries, be charged and, and go again. 
And would you watch, obviously, a couple of, couple of Welsh guys being called up to the squad? Would you watch those? Yeah, so there might be an opportunity to go and watch uh, an international game, but uh, why well, I start watching them on telly. Um, but yeah, hopefully they, they get they get um, some minutes because they've both started really well for us. So, um, yeah, but now I'll, I'll try and come away a bit from football and, and then just recharge. So, arguably, it's come at the right time for us with injuries, or is it because of the momentum you'd rather continue? It's a tough one, really, isn't it, Tom? I mean, as a football fan, I'd rather we continue because it's always weird having a week off, although obviously we get a rest from everything, but I'd much rather be here watching us play. But I think, in all honesty, irrespective of what happens against Reading at the weekend, it probably has come at the right time. As Boya said himself, you know, the work he and Stephen and Jacko have had to put in over the summer, I think they all deserve a break. I'm sure he'll be off down to his fishing lake or something, maybe something with his family. So, yeah, I think I think they all deserve it. Uh, you have to remember, obviously, we had Wembley and then the very next day they were letting players go and then they were on recruitment and before you know it, they were back at pre-season. We said first show of the season, it didn't feel like we'd been away at all. So, for them, obviously, working day in, day out, they, they deserve a break. And, yeah, like I say, if we were to get a win against Reading, brilliant, we go into that international break unbeaten. If something else was to happen, well, it gives us a chance to recharge and reset and go again a week later. So, I, usually at this point in the season I'm annoyed it's come so soon but actually this season I think it, it's probably worked out okay and one of the things that, that's positive is the fact that Berem Kyle and Tom Ahmed have both been called up so mm. for them for, for players that are lacking minutes if they can actually get some for, for Israel I mean that, that could actually that could actually be a bit of a, bit of a positive for us oh definitely it, it can only benefit us I mean they're, they're two players we know are extremely capable at this level um, I didn't I wasn't at the game Saturday so I didn't see how uh, how Hemed played but you hear such good things from from Brighton fans about both players, especially Barham Kyle. So once they're fighting fit, they're going to be real assets to this team and really important squad members. So it's going to be, yeah, I think I think it can be a it can be seen as a positive, and and also this, the fact that we've we've got a couple of tricky games uh, like in that tail end of of September. We've got Leeds obviously here. Um, we've got Swansea and Fulham sort of in the space of a week. So maybe to recharge and get some bodies ready for those three fixtures because they're going to be tough. You know, Swansea are flying, Leeds are flying. We're flying, so they're going to be they're going to be really good fixtures. And then there's another break, I think, on the, the tw- I think October the twelfth or the week after that potentially, it might be yeah. the nineteenth. So it'd be good to yeah, I think we just take it as take it as it comes. We go into the international breaks and see how many points we can pick up yeah, in all between. These, all these top of the table six pointers coming up after the break, something to <laughs> something to look forward <laughs> yeah. to. Right, let's touch base uh, with the Charlton Athletic women's team. I went to their game uh, season opener against Lewis on uh, Sunday over at the Oakwell, a goalless draw. Uh, in the end, but afterwards I caught up with Grace Coombs, the skipper. Uh, she talks about the the season uh, or the rest of the season coming up, but also mentions uh, talks about how they how they got on uh, during that game with Lewis. Uh, I think it was a bit up and down. I think we started it's a little bit off, maybe it's the conditions, maybe first game nerves. Um, but I think we weathered the storm really well. In second half, we made a few changes, came out, and and we, sh- we should have won the game really. We had a, we had a lot of chances. Um, they still had chances, but. I suppose pretty even game draw is probably a fair result, but we are disappointed that we haven't managed to nick it at the end. We saw those those two changes, that double sub that Ratish made sort of midway through the second half, and it was after that that Charlton really looked like the side more likely to go on for a winner then. Yeah, we've got such we had a, we said it from the start, we had such a strong bench today, so we knew that if we could just get ourselves in a position kind of sixty minutes, we had people that could come in and change a game. Um I think they tired after about an hour and I think we just kept pushing and pushing and that's credit to all the hard work that we've done in pre season, so 
got to take a positive. We kept a clean sheet, not lost a game, but again, like we always disappointed that we couldn't get that goal. You mentioned the conditions. I mean, I'm hard to stand in here. I can't imagine running around in this heat for 90 minutes. That sort of changed the way you have to try and manage the game today. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it didn't change our game plan too much, to be fair. We just we had to make a few changes because of that, but they were probably the same as well. So both teams had to plan it. I think we dealt with it well. Um, on the whole, I think we've the staff have tried to put things in place for us. So uh, we've tried to manage it, and it's horrible conditions. But I think we again we still oh, could have edged it. We were still working hard in the kind of 90th minute to try and get a goal. So yeah. obviously it's a, a bit of a new team, really. I think I made it five new start new signings in the starting lineup, and you know there's been a hell of a lot of turnover. So it's going to take a while to, for the players to sort of get used to each other as well. Yeah, of course it is. We've been working on it in pre-season, and we've had people that have only come in the last couple of weeks. So the core from last year, we're trying to get people through it, and we have cha changing how we do things and we, we can mix it up because we've got a lot of versatility now in the team so I think it's just exciting moving forward you could see today the things we can do so if we, if we keep defending like we did today and then we're only going to get better going forward the more people play with each other the more we get to know each other and I think every week we're going to have a bench that can come in and change the game which in the past we, we maybe haven't had a stronger bench and of course you, you've lost some big name players in, in, in the summer the likes of Kit the likes of Liz um, to, to get over the loss of, of you know perhaps your top goal scorer and your best chance creators is going to take um, a little while as well, perhaps. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, they're big losses. They got two top scorers last year. You can't deny that. But it just gives someone else the opportunity to step up and become that player. I think we've got more midfielders that will get us goals. So I think this year the goals will be spread a lot more rather than coming from those two players. And it's when we brought in some great players that will create loads of chances for us. So I don't think we're worried about not creating and scoring goals, we just need to maybe get the first few in, get some confidence and I'm sure someone will step up and, and do what Kit did for years and what Liz did last year for us. So we're still confident and that will happen and like I said, it's just someone else's chance to, to grab and be, and be that player for us this year. Of course, it was such a positive year in the first season of the Championship last year, finishing third. What do you think, what do you, think you can achieve this year to try and build on that, that performance from last season? I think our main aim this year is, is just to, to get together and, and work as a team. I think everyone wants to enjoy it. Um, Last year we, we were successful and, and I've said it before, the gaffer every year, all he ever wants to do is just be better than the year before. Um, so where that leaves us, that we'll see at the end of the season, but we're not putting any pressure on ourselves to, to win promotion. I think we'll let everyone else do that for us and we'll just keep working hard and keep putting in performances. And We're, we're, we're confident that if we put in performances we will get the wins, so it's just building that and building off this result, um, building off the clean sheet and just working hard to try and get the result in the next game. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! Oh, it's 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 oh, Patrick Barr. 
Welcome back, it's Charlton Live, the big match preview coming to you live uh, on your Thursday evening or of course via the podcast afterwards. Don't forget to hit subscribe uh, in your podcast app to make sure that our show gets downloaded automatically to your phone or to your device twice a week. Uh, we're getting loads of listens so far. A lot of people, I think, who probably joined us uh, for the first time really during the playoff campaign seem to be sticking around. So I hope you're enjoying the show. Thank you for uh, for listening. Don't forget to get involved as well on Sunday evenings uh, and Thursdays. You can email us uh, or you can tweet us. I'll give out that address, those addresses is on uh, on Sunday so you can get involved uh, right uh, Johnny Williams uh, has had a bloody great start to the season hasn't he absolute little legend he is he's genuinely one of my favourite players uh, that we've had down here for a long time Johnny uh, four assists so far in four games appears to be the nicest man in football as well what more could you want uh, easy to forget who he used to play for as well but um, he, he was uh, he came to speak to us after the win against Brentford on uh, Saturday and amongst other things uh, he mentioned that he was absolutely delighted uh, with the team spirit in the group that Lee Bayer has built here at the Valley yeah it's massive what the managers created here it's the job they've done bringing in the players that just fit into the system and buy into what we're doing. Everyone puts, you know, wears their heart on the sleeve and gives more than a hundred percent for the manager. And it's credit to him for bringing in the, you know, right players. And it's a, it's a joy to play alongside and it's bringing the best out of me as well. So. I guess nobody expected to be second by this stage. I know it's early, but you know. yeah, it's early. But you know, we can only keep playing in front of what was put out in front of us and. So far, so good. Um, long may it continue. You know, we know we've got a tough run of games coming up. So, um, you know, it's nice to be surprising a few people along the way for sure. How is uh, Lee, Lee working with you to get, get these aspects of your game out of out of you? Um, for what I, it's probably the fittest I felt in a long time. Um, sometimes it's hard to maintain for 90 minutes the tempo I try and play at. Um, but he's managing me, and he's, I've had a full pre-season, um, thankfully down to him. Um, had he not invited me along with the team, I don't know where I'd be right now, fitness-wise, whether I'd played as much as I have, I probably wouldn't. And I've just hit the ground running this season. It's a league I've played a lot of, you know, the majority of my career in. Um, and, and the end product was always something I, I you know, wanted to work on and was missing from my game, and now I'm starting to add that. It would be nice to get at the end of a few chances but he's just telling me to keep making the box and things will drop and I'll just continue to do that and yeah it's a pleasure to work alongside and it's, I'm really enjoying my football at the moment. And all the things in you that he's putting out that maybe you weren't aware that were there before things that you weren't, um, weren't doing before? I think yeah he's given me a belief the main thing is belie- believed in me as a player I haven't always had that in my career um, and um, you know that does help with my game when I've got a manager that puts her arm around me at times at Palace I didn't really have that I was kind of finding it within myself and I wasn't the player I'm showing that I am today and um, it's down to him really believing in me and giving me a chance and you know just just keep playing me it's yeah it's good I mean, it was a nice little shuttle to, to sort of get back and get a, a tackling on the on the sideline I think we sort of 75 minutes in and 
Yeah. And it might have might have finished you off, I think, and Where's that? running running out of that heat. I think there's like a sort of sharp five, six, six meter sprint you put in to put a tackling on, on one of the wingers sort of late on in the game oh, before yeah. you came off. Yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely been working on that side of the game with me, my defensive side. It's, it's made me fitter for a start. Um, and, yeah, he's just working on all aspects of my game, going forward and tracking back. And it's something you see Lyle doing week in, week out. And even Hemed's been, he hasn't been here long, and you see him tracking back to the left-back position today. And it's, it's things like that that get you over the line. Um, and they're the differences. Um, it's them fine margins where you put the extra graph in to, to work for the team and it, it's fantastic really, it's great. It's funny, I'm sorry for line today, just how far can, can, that, can that take you, like say he's getting that extra out of you and yeah. everyone else? Um, yeah, it's massive, I think, you know, he's, we've got a massive squad now, we've got a very good squad um, and it's definitely a quality squad enough to compete in this division um, comparing it to the teams I've played in. Um, and it's down to the hard work that the boys have brought in the players. But, um, yeah, there's a long way to go. Um, we've got one more game to the international break, and I think um, we're looking to win that as well, to be honest. Fourth assist so far this season for yourself. And obviously you've got a string of a lot of games back-to-back together now. And you enjoy your football a lot more now, and, and where does it rank in your career? Is this the most you've enjoyed playing, playing the sport? Uh, it's definitely the best start of my career. Um, start of the season, you know, maybe my eighth or ninth season professionally is definitely the best start I've had. Sometimes I'm still at Palace at this point, maybe looking to go out on loan. A deadline, I've missed, you know, the first five games of the season usually. Um, but as a player, performance-wise, I probably compared to the time I had at Ipswich when I went on their loan. It's my first ever loan. I played under Mick McCarthy and I played about 16 games on the trot and. The end product was there and I was feeling great. Um, and it's probably, yeah, probably up there with that in my career, I'd say. And obviously, you've been talking calling to the, to the Welsh guys, so it's a confidence booster for you as well? Yeah, it's something I've missed, to be honest. Um, I, yeah, I probably haven't deserved to be in it because I haven't been playing enough recently, but it's been hard to take not being there because it's such a great camp to be a part of. Um, but yeah, we've got some tough games coming up. Um, after you know two defeats in the summer, um, but yeah, looking forward to that. It's it's brilliant to be playing at club level. That's my main aim, and the Wales is you know just the icing on the cake, really. So there we go, Johnny Williams um, being recalled to the Wales squad as we heard there uh, right at the end. But I mean, in some interesting stuff you were saying about how uh, he gets on with Lee Bayer, how he's got a manager who can put his arm around him when he needs it and says he didn't really have that at times at, at Palace so I mean because it, it's clearly working so it talks a lot of, it says a lot really about the way that Lee Bayer sort of man manages his, his squad and I'm sure I'm sure there must be some players who he, he manages differently because he doesn't strike me as the sort of man who would do that to everyone but maybe he knows what works for certain individuals yeah what what makes people tick he certainly didn't act like that around uh, Nicky or Jose at Wimbledon away a couple of years ago um <laughs> But yeah, Johnny Williams is just, I've used this word a lot, he's just adorable. He's just, everything about him is just brilliant. Um, and, you know, he was very honest in that Sunderland documentary about the issues he'd had kind of mentally, dealing with the move up there and the injuries and how he was coping with that. He's clearly someone that wears his heart on his sleeve, is not your stereotypical, you know, man-up style man that, you know, we're trying to move away from anyway, not just in football, but in general in society. You know, he's very happy to admit that, 
when he finds things difficult. So you can see he probably is the sort of player that wants an arm around the shoulder, wants some positive motivation from his manager. And Lee Bowyer is a young, modern manager and, and someone who is very, very capable of giving him that. You look at someone he might have been under at Palace, someone like Pardew or Allardyce or someone like that. You know, they're what you might call an old school manager. They might not necessarily, and I don't know, but they might not necessarily have those same capabilities. So what we do know for a fact is that Bowyer has got that right tune out of him and he's just thriving under him. And even last year, although he, he struggled to get as many minutes just because of his fitness, you saw what a difference he could make to games. Even you go to Wembley, he came on for that last 20 minutes and just changed that game. He got fouled about 20 times, I think. <laughs> and then this season, he's just gone from strength to strength. He's obviously got four assists in four. And uh, as I said on, I think, a Sunday show, uh, not this Sunday, the week before, he's just, he's for me, inches away from getting a goal now. And when he does, that'll kind of complete the the comeback, if you like, or the renaissance of him because... He's had a tough time at Palace and he seems to have found somewhere that he's happy and he's enjoying his football. And as I say, for me, I said it last week, he's my favourite player in the squad by a long way and it's just great to see him thriving in this environment. Yeah, it's interesting you describe Pardew as old school. I describe him as unemployed. Um, <laughs> uh, with, uh, with with Williams, I mean, he's talking, of, of course, about, you know, looking back at that, that game at Brentford last week, that heroic defensive display about... The the spirit in the camp and the and the, these players who are coming in even if they are lone players like like Samfield for example who who was sticking his body on the line as well but players who are, are really happy to get stuck in and, and do what they have to do for for Bowyer as well he, he, clearly the characters fit in with what he's been trying to build here yeah definitely it's key and you know we saw it last season with the likes of of Cullen and Bielik and people like that they're not they're not afraid to put their bodies on the line and, and play for the badge and. Bowyer was that sort of player when he was when he was young anyway, so he's going to instil that in his in his side. He's going to expect nothing less. Um, maybe a couple less uh, red and yellow cards, I imagine. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, for, and just touching on what Tom uh, said about Johnny Williams, I think he's just he's just fantastic, isn't he? Like everything about him is 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 proper Charlton, and you, you like you say, it's, it's difficult to remember that he came from Palace, really, isn't it? And, mm. Yeah, but we, I think people always forget as well that players are human beings, and and with Johnny Williams, where he's he probably did need an arm around him because he's had a tough injury. His injury record's been pretty atrocious throughout his career, isn't it? And this is probably the first time he's settled. So I'm always keeping my fingers and toes crossed that he that he stays fit for a whole season because he can be a seriously important player. Yeah, and we've seen that with those four assists he's got already. Yorkshire Addict says, I wouldn't let anyone at Palace put their arm around me anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 2020, that's a fair point. Uh, Briston Addict as well, looking ahead to the game on uh, on Saturday, says that we'll still be unbeaten by Saturday evening. Come on, you rip-roaring, goal-scoring and almost table-topping uh, Addicts. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, in terms of our more important creative players, we, we're lucky, but I guess Johnny's probably like that. We've got a few, but I'd say Johnny's probably up there in terms of chance creation at the moment. And if he if he can keep that confidence going, then I mean he's one of those players that's got the ability to to sort of whip up a chance out of thin air, really, as well. Yeah, and he's just when he gets the ball, he's just got that little injection of pace. You've started to see it from Leko, although Leko's a bit more erratic. But when Williams picks it up, he seems to speed the whole game up, and he's he's so direct and he's. His close ball control is is brilliant and he just runs and runs and runs and he's just got that little bit of star quality that, okay, we are a championship club now, but as we spoke about earlier, you know, expectation was that we were going to probably be bottom half at best, you know, top of the bottom half if we were lucky 
and he's just got that little bit of star quality that takes us above that for me. And you look at that chip on, on day one over to the back post in Purrington. You look at this weekend, that crunching tackle to win the ball back and then a perfectly slotted ball through to Gallagher. You know, he's got that touch and it's very rare that he misplaces a pass or he lets us down. And I mean, you can say that about a lot of the players for sure, but he's just got that little extra bit. I don't, it's very difficult to explain exactly what it is, but he's just got that quality about him. And um, yeah, you're right. I think we have started to get that strength in depth and we've got other players that can start to come in and supplement him well but I still think he's probably the key man going forward him and Lyle probably the main men um, but it's it's great that we have started to get that squad depth with the likes of Hemed and Odzuma and, and KL that can start to come in and hopefully support that but for me Williams when fit has to play every week Right let's start to look ahead Saturday's trip uh, to the Majeski Stadium to take on Reading uh, 11th versus 3rd as it stands uh, the Addicts obviously the team uh, in 3rd at the moment Reading um, had a sort of a mixed start so far I spoke to Jonathan Lowe on the phone he's from the Get Reading uh, website the other day local journalist who covers the club uh, says the Royals have recovered well after some early setbacks uh, Certainly the first couple of games back to back defeats um uh, wasn't too good, uh, and some people thought that uh, myself and two might be a long old season. But since then, uh, four wins in the per- in the past five games. Obviously, two of those uh, coming in the Carabao Cup. Um, but uh, Sunday it was all looking um, very positive for for the season ahead. Um, they got some late summer signings in over the last few days of the transfer window. They've got four players in who've vastly improved the squad, and uh, they're slowly clicking into gear now. Um, there's a good balance to the team, and uh, it's uh, certainly uh, on the last I mean, three wins out of the past four games um, as well. It's, it's really look, starting to look good for good for Reading. We got I say um, quality all over the pitch, and made 11 changes on uh, Tuesday night at Plymouth Argyle, and um, but that paid off as well. So it shows they've got strength in depth, mm. and uh, I think potentially they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. Yeah. Well, how, how would you say the summer went? Because obviously it was probably a, a fairly disappointing season last year, just sort of staying up by, by seven points in the end, finishing 20th. But, I mean, have they have they strengthened, do you feel, this summer? Uh, yes. I mean, it was a very slow start. Um, basically, they were under a transfer embargo for um, quite a lot of the summer. Um, but then that was lifted and, and they managed to get quite a few players in, 10 in total. And um, yes, I mean, they, they've, they've all uh, so vastly improved the squad. You've got a um, £7.5 million striker, George Puskas, from uh, Inter Milan. So, um, you know, that, that shows kind of the, the market there. Uh, they're looking at these days and um, they've got a couple of the lone players back from last season who did very well um, Matt Miaska the, the centre-back um, him and Liam Moore um, have, have struck up a really good partnership last season and they've uh, changed to, to a back three now with, with Michael Morrison as well mm. uh, the former Birmingham City centre-back and uh, those three um, certainly uh, you know, on, on their game uh, probably the three arguably the three best centre-backs in the division you're not going to get uh, too many better than them so um, you know, if they stay fit then uh, um, you know, that, that gives them a good platform to to, to work from and uh, and you know, allows the attacking players to, to flourish and you've got John Swift and Ovi Jaro kind of the two main creative outlets both performing very well and as I say you've got Puskas up front Lucas Zhao came in from Sheffield Wednesday he, he looks, uh, looks a good player Um so it's, uh, I say, it's looking, uh, looking very good for Reading. Mm. So tell us about the, the manager, Jose Gomez. Um, 
not one I knew too much about really, to be honest. And obviously you joined Reading midway through last season. What what sort of style of manager would you describe him as? Yeah, I mean, not too many people uh, knew knew the name when he came in, but uh, he sort of steadied the ship um, and and got them to survive, albeit with the, with only a couple of games to go. But um, no, I mean, he likes to play um, attacking football, uh, free flowing. Um, does like to, to pass out from the back as well. Um, obviously, uh, don't know how much you remember about Yap's time at Reading, but uh, he had a similar philosophy. But it was more of a, uh, a more laboured approach. Um, Gomez is more um, one thing done a bit better, a bit, a bit quicker, basically. Um, and the fans are certainly taking to it more. The fans love him. He loves the fans. Um, and it's a, it's a really good uh, relationship. Uh, um, the way things are going. Um, and I say, especially after this uh, recent run of form, um, yeah, everyone's really pulling in the same direction. He's, he's got everyone really back on side, and um, yeah, he, he, he's great to work with from from a journalist point of view as well. He's, uh, he always gives you plenty of time, um, answers your questions in detail, and um, he's, he's, he's got a nice sort of uh, personality as well. He's got a sort of career. He's not one to kind of. Um, yap away at the fourth official. That's his uh, uh, assistant manager, George Bendonka's role, really. Um, but he's he quite kind of uh, reserved on the touchline. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's been shown to be good in the transfer market and made some um, tough but uh, necessary decisions um, over the time with, with certain players and uh, Reading and now reaping rewards from it. Mm. So, what do you think were are the realistic aims for for Reading this season? Obviously, one of many clubs that have, have tasted that Premier League success over the years that, that, that now find themselves in the Championship again. Do you think they're looking for a top six finish? Do you think that's a realistic aim for them? Um, if you ask me that at the start of the season, I'd say definitely not. Um, I, I think I predict around a 14th place finish. But I say since the end of the transfer window, which is obviously only a, sort of a week or so into the season, um, I, I now look at the, the, the squad and, and say probably top six, yes, that is realistic. Uh, and that is definitely what they are aiming at. Um, you know, Gomez has made uh, it pretty clear that you know promotion is the aim and the ambition for the club. Um, whether it this season, don't know. But um, certainly with the team they've got, the strongest team, one to eleven, um, is uh, I would say one of the top six sides in the in the division. So it's just a case of whether they can string enough results together, get that uh, consistency on, on a regular basis, keep the players fit. Uh, they've had a lot of injury issues in the last couple of years, but so if they can, you know, keep injury, injuries to a, a minimum, then uh, yeah, I don't see why they they can't be fighting at least in the top half of the table and uh, even a top top six place. And looking ahead to to Saturday with Charlton coming to the to the Madstad, how do you think Reading will approach the game? I'm guessing they'll be quite high on confidence with those those wins they've had in the last few, and of course that impressive victory they had over Cardiff in their last uh, league game at home. Yes, I mean, confidence is, uh, is sky high. I mean, as I, think, uh, I think I mentioned earlier that he made 11 changes for the Tuesday night game at Plymouth. Uh, so that's a bit of a frightening prospect for Charlton, I think, because uh, a lot of the senior players like George Puskas, um, Captain Liam Moore, the goalkeeper Raphael, they've all had a, a clear week in training. 
um, and they'll they'll be fresh and, and ready to go and looking to finish this kind of period of games off on on a positive note. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's confidence this guy among the squad. Uh, the fans are, are really up for it. Um, looking forward to being back home as well because we've got quite a few away games. Uh, well, three of them, uh, the last three games have all been away. Uh, so it'd be good to get in front of the, the home fans again. And um, I think certainly if, if Reading get an early goal, then uh, I can't see any other results than, than a Reading win. But um, you never know if, if Charlton get uh, um, get all, at least get the first goal. Um, they've also had a, a strong start as well. Then uh, it could be a, a decent match-up. But uh, I think um, yeah, Reading have got to be favourites for this game. So there we go, fighting talk from Jonathan Lowe there the, uh, from the Get Reading website. Um, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like he fancies this, this Reading squad. Is the, I think he's quite pleased with, with what they've put together there. He's describing it as potentially one of the top six in the championship. And obviously, I haven't had a chance to see him yet, so I can't confirm or deny that. But yeah, confident there. If they get the early goal, then, then we could be in all sorts of trouble by the sounds of it. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so if you're late to the ground and we go 1-0 down, probably don't bother and just turn around. Um, very much fighting talk. I'm surprised he's as... As kind of confident as that. I know they had a bad start, and yes, they beat I think Huddersfield in their last league game, but Huddersfield aren't up to much, so uh, they're going to be, you know, I would expect somewhere around mid-table. But you look at that squad, and they're not blessed with talent. I know they've got the names like like Pele, <laughs> but in terms of quality, I don't think he's quite up there. But as you say, we haven't necessarily seen them play this year. I know their form has picked up in the last three or four results, so maybe they are starting to improve. But yeah, they're not someone who I'd have put down as going to be a top six contender at the start of the season but then I probably wouldn't have said that about us and we're probably going to win the league now so that's the way you look at it it's it's going to be another one I think I've said this every single week that it's going to be a tough game because there aren't any easy games in this league um, but we'll go there with, with a lot of confidence and, and as we said earlier knowing we've got a break coming after we can just absolutely go for it and, and see what we get. Um, obviously, the best thing about Reading Football Club is the fact that they released that song that time, <laughs> and uh, you'll be you'll be pleased to know that we can hear a bit of it now. Oh, big yeah. fan, big tune. We started when all the art defied us. Through passion and dreams, we reached new heights. We were marching proudly from Empire. If we lose to this, if we lose to the, the, the club that produced that rubbish, then I will be fuming. Fuming. Right, uh, let's have a look ahead from a more Charlton point of view now. Um, uh, Lee Bayer spoke to uh, the press day, of course, again today. Uh, he was asked for a bit of an injury update on his side. Uh, and in fact, he says that he's got a bit of a wealth of options available to him on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but it's good. It's healthy. Um, because every day I say to them, when you're on the training pitch, go and be the best player. And when they're all doing that, it makes my job a lot harder because they're all good in different ways, they all bring different different things. Um, so yeah, it, it makes it harder, but it's, like I said, I'd rather that problem than having to scratch around and, and trying to put people out of position. And, so yeah, 
thankfully for us, it's a good problem to have at the moment. Uh, Toma Hemid and, and Baram Kyle, have they satisfied you of their fitness? Um, they need to get fitter, uh, but again, that's not their fault. They've not really done anything through through pre-season. Um, Kyle, he's just come back from injury. We, we had a game behind closed doors on Tuesday, and he played. 75 minutes in that, um, it was baking up, wasn't it? And it was difficult to to, to get to get anything out of it really, apart from the minutes under your belt. But yeah, he, I'd say he's the one that, that stood out for me. But he's, he's only just come back, so. Um, but the other two, slowly but surely, they're getting a bit fitter. But again, we just got to keep working hard and, and, and to get them up to speed as quick as we possibly can. Um, couple of on the injury front. Any news on Chucks or Deji from the weekend? Uh, yeah, Chucks is okay now. Um, and Deji's going to miss this game. Deji's out. He, he should only miss this game, though. It's, it's not too bad. Um, so, yeah, in, in national breaks, obviously, open us down. It's probably like a two-week injury, but by the time we come back from, from the international break, then he'll be ready for the next one. Rag said, I'm sure I heard some singing badly in the background there. Terrible. How dare you suggest my singing of the Royals FC song was, was not good. Um, Lubo, you're there. Looking ahead to Saturday's trip to Reading. Um, so team news-wise, I mean, Chucks and EK back in the squad, which is good news. Um, obviously, uh, Deji or Shilaja Tom's likely to be out. So we're kind of hoping that Chris Holly is back. So it's, it's been two weeks since that concussion he got at Barnsley. So normally I'd be okay, but I think they do test sort of here and there. So um, we'll find out on Saturday. But if he isn't, it'd be an interesting one if we're going to have to play someone at right back, George Lapsley again maybe. And also, will we match up? If they're, go- if they're mm. going to play through at the back, will we go without or will we go with a diamond? There's a couple of decisions to be made there. Yeah, I think with Solly it will be... I think the protocol was two weeks. So in terms of that, you would assume it's done. But obviously... We don't know what the final tests have been, so like you say, there might need to be more, and we don't actually know how how he's feeling. He might he might not feel ready, so that remains to be seen. If, if he can't play, like you say, I would expect if they go free at the back, we would match him up, and if that was the case, then I would expect George to slot in at wing back. Uh, we spoke about the fact he'd done it before last season, I think only once or twice, then obviously did it against Brentford. If not, I don't know if I know we we hate to have to do this, but maybe you could put Perrington on the right and put Naby on the left or vice versa because I know Naby's played out as a fullback when we've had two before or even you do look at putting someone like Brendan in just for a game and seeing what happens like we had to do with Toby at left back last season so they're not ideal options but at least we do have options there um, but I personally I think if they go through at the back we would look to match them mm. up there's a few sort of decisions that Boya has to make and again we, we, we get to touch on this every week it's a lot easier doing team news this week when we've got to feel a few minutes at the end of the pod because there are actually conversations to be had whereas last year it was pretty much we knew what our starting lineup was yeah. so you're looking at the likes of uh, of Jonathan Lowe or um, uh, Jonathan Lecco, sorry Jonathan Lowe was the, the fellow from the yeah, game front <laughs> yeah um, he's yeah he's very confident um, as, you know did, you know you got Lecco in there there's a decision to be made or Williams or you know there, there are a few that, that could, could come sort of in or out there are yeah I mean obviously you know Lyle Taylor is probably going to be the first name on the team sheet but you look you look down at Jonathan Lecco and Johnny Williams you've got Tom Hemed that's coming in now 
um, Aaron Ostimer if he's if he's fitter. I think he really impressed him when he when he played against uh, against Forest for that sixty minute spell that he had. Um, Baron Kyle, I imagine, will probably be after the international break where he's been injured. But yeah, again, even with the likes of Darren Prattley and Sam Field contesting for a position there as well, it's, it's, there's competition all over the place and it's it's healthy competition. Um, but yeah, it does make it a lot harder to predict how he's going to go. I, I imagine he with especially if we're missing uh, missing Solly, I, I imagine he'll match mm. match reading up for the uh, the three at the back with the win backs of Perrington and Lapsley. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, Lapsley did enough of a job there last week, Tom. Do you reckon that he could, if needed, he could be called upon at that right wing back role again? Absolutely, he can. And as I said earlier in the show, I don't think he'll have any problem doing it in terms of wanting to do it because he loves playing for this club. So. I think he's got all the capabilities. You could see through a lot of the game last week, even when he was over on the opposite side to the dugout, that the the management staff and the coaches were kind of coaching him through it. And and also you've got people like Pierce and Lockyer alongside him. You know, they're very experienced players. They can help him positionally. They know they can offer him that little bit of support that he might need just to fill in uh, if he does get caught out of position. And then, again, we spoke earlier, not just about Johnny Williams, but players like him and Cullen, uh, even Lyle Taylor, they're prepared to get back and get their hands dirty as well and get stuck in. So it's not like if he does play out a right wing back, he's going to be completely isolated. This is a team that gets back and defends in numbers, as we saw at the weekend. So he's not going to feel like he's out there on his own. He's going to be well supported. It would just be, you'd imagine if he does get selected, that Reading will be looking to target that side. So it'll just be making sure that he's got that support around him. But you know, he's a professional footballer. Um, he, he, I'm sh- he's done it a couple of times already. I'm sure he'd have no problem if he has to. Yeah, right. Cliff saying, blimey, that Reading reporter is a bit confident. Doesn't he know that Lee Bowyer's team uh, never gives up? And Rag says uh, he's a good lad. Uh, Johnny Williams quickly becoming a favourite of mine. Right, we've just about got time for your, your score predictions, Tom. How are you feeling it? How are you seeing it going? Uh, I'm very confident. Uh, I think probably 2-0. Yeah, yeah, clean sheet, another right, clean Jonathan sheet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should get you and Jonathan Lowe to have a fist fight. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, uh, Fred saying that we're going to let our football do the talking on Saturday. Lewis, uh, how do you see it? Two one. Two one. Yeah, it's a child. Who do you think would win the fist fight? Have Tom and Jonathan Lowe. Tom. Tom. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've never met this Jonathan Lowe character. But I'm going to tell him that we, we've uh, we've set up a fight for him on Saturday. I'll see him as well, won't I? So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, we can actually make it happen. Excellent. Yeah, right. Well, well uh, make sure you join us on Sunday evening, and we'll find out who won the fight as well as the match uh, at Reading. Uh, but we have come to the end of uh, this evening's big match preview. Um, thank you uh, for listening all the way to the end. Thank you, Tom and Lewis, for coming Cheers, in. Mate. Thank Cheers, you. Mate. I've been thank Louis you. Mendes. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, we'll be back then on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens at Reading. Uh, no big match preview next week because there's no game so Sunday will be our last show uh, for a couple of weeks we look forward to seeing you then see you later What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.